Welcome to Defending Digital. I'm Chad Warner. I'm pleased to have with me Dr. Curtis Levinson, Chief Information Security Officer of Metal Inc., a telecommunications company. He has over 30 years of experience in cybersecurity and information privacy with several organizations. He's also the United States Cyber Defense Advisor to NATO. Dr. Levinson, today I'd like to learn more about securing home networks and personal devices. But first, what piqued your interest in cybersecurity in the first place? Back when I started with technology in the uh, mid-70s, there wasn't cybersecurity. <laughs> I, I started out punching cards on an IBM mainframe. Uh, one of the most fortunate experiences I've had was to be the military aide to Rear Admiral Grace Hopper, ah. the, uh, the woman who invented COBOL as a programming language and invented the Harvard Mark III as the first modern, modern computer. Uh, my, my time with her led to an interest in how to secure those things. And my time with the military led me into the field of cryptography and how to secure telecommunications and later data communications. Mm. Yeah, interesting uh, piece of history there with, with Grace Hopper. I always think of her uh, journal and, and the first computer bug um, with the, you know, the, the insect uh, taped into the journal there. <laughs> I, I've seen it. It's, um, it's in the Smithsonian. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, Harvard, the Harvard Mark III had uh, contacts that clicked back and forth to make zeros and ones. And they sparked sometimes. <laughs> and she found a moth hammered between two contacts, took the dead moth, pasted it with tape in her notebook, and wrote first bug found in a system. <laughs> yeah, nice piece of history. Uh, so uh, zooming forward to the present day, uh, what would you say are the, the biggest challenges or threats that consumers face related to home network security and, and their personal devices? The, the, the single biggest challenge is we really trust our ISPs, which is a mistake. For, for most people at home, there is a, uh, a plug in the wall that's either, either Ethernet or coaxial cable. That's where internet comes from. That jack in the wall leads into a box which uh, belongs to the, um, to the ISP, to the, the provider. And that box also has Wi-Fi built into it, most cases, most cases. Once, um, and the Wi-Fi is broadcast uh, throughout the, uh, the intended area, the problem being there is no security around that box at all. And various experts have postulated 
that 90% of those provider internet boxes, internet modems, are infected by someone. It is not very easy to put a firewall, you can buy personal firewalls, mm -hmm. to put a firewall between the wall and the internet router. So boring that in in my my networks, I have a um, a personal firewall, and you can find them at any any major outlet online, in many electronics stores. So what I do, I turn off the Wi-Fi from the provider's box. And you're, you, it has settings. You can turn that off. Mm -hmm. And I have that feed into the, the uh, personal firewall. I have the personal firewall connected to a Wi-Fi router. It's large enough or powerful enough to light up the area that I'm interested in. Therefore, everything that connects to that Wi-Fi router is filtered through, through my firewall. Mm -hmm. Are there any uh, particular uh, makes or models of firewalls that you recommend? Uh, I, I try not to recommend individual brands. There, there are so many. Mm -hmm. um, Netgear, Cisco, Generally, if you can recognize the name from media or newspaper or television, it's probably uh, a better idea. And what would you say the advantages are to a, a separate hardware firewall uh, versus the firewall that's built into a, a typical consumer router? The, the, the firewalls that are built into the provider router walls, uh, routers, those, those are really not very effective. And uh, as I mentioned, most of those upwards to 90% have already been compromised mm -hmm. because you're not in control of that firewall. Your provider is. And your provider, no matter who they are, no matter how popular the brand, no matter what the company has offered to bundle with it, so you get internet service, cable, uh, telephone, uh, those, are, those are not reliable firewalls. So I, I attach the firewall to the provider's device turn Wi-Fi off there mm -hmm. and then use a separate Wi-Fi router that's under my control. Sure. And then for consumers who have that separate uh, Wi-Fi router, um, which is their own device, it's not owned by the ISP, um, what other steps should they take to secure the router itself, secure their, their home Wi-Fi network? Routers broadcast 
an SSID mm-hmm. or not. Uh, you can choose to make your network very private and not broadcast an SSID. Uh, if you choose to broadcast one to make it easier to pick your network over your neighbor's network, don't name your SSID the Smith's internet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if uh, I do a Wi-Fi survey and I'm, I'm speaking to you from my, my, my home office, if I do a Wi-Fi survey, uh, I can tell what my neighbor's provider is. They named it for their dog, mm. who I know. Yeah. Uh, give it, give it a, um, a, a different name. Most people have uh, smartphones which are able to broadcast a Wi-Fi hotspot. My Wi-Fi hotspot is named Deadly Virus, <laughs> which is please don't, you don't want to try this. Mm-hmm. So make your SSID um, as anonymous as possible or don't broadcast one at all. Mm-hmm. Any other steps they should take in terms of uh, passwords on, on the Wi-Fi or guest networks or any, anything like that? Yes. You get, you get several choices of, uh, of passwords, which, and uh, the passwords go to encryption algorithms. Uh, probably the strongest today is WPA2. And you want to make your password at least... 12 to 15 characters using uppercase, lowercase letters, numerals, and special characters such as at signs. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are all kinds of ways. Uh, Don't mix pets names, your name, children's names, up into a passphrase. Those make it very easy to guess for anyone who has done the the slightest bit of reconnaissance on you. And reconnaissance on the internet is very easy. Mm -hmm. If you go to uh, My Life or Spokio or any of those websites, for a fee, they'll tell you everything. They'll tell you if you've been divorced, uh, if you have lawsuits pending, if you have uh, minor traffic violations, if you have major traffic violations. So it's very easy to do reconnaissance on a target. Very seldom do hackers randomly target uh, an individual. Usually there's a reason 
And once the individual is selected, then the next phase is reconnaissance. And then you start trying to crack passwords. So for a family who has uh, a variety of devices that are connected to their home network, um, let's say you know, they have one or more Windows PCs, are there particular steps they should take to secure those Windows PCs? Uh, absolutely. Um, Windows PCs should have uh, full virus protection turned on. Uh, the security software in, in Windows, um, I, I, I don't remember all the, the different versions, but one of them that comes to mind is Windows Defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use virus programs like um, ESET, ESET, or, um, or uh, malware bytes. Mm-hmm. And they're different. ESET is a virus program. Malware bytes is not looking for viruses. It's looking for Trojans, uh, other other means of of attack. So I run both. And the brand names again uh, are not an endorsement by me, but. They're, they're fairly easily recognizable. Mm-hmm. How about the family that has uh, one or more um, Apple computers uh, running a Mac? Um, what steps should they take? Anything uh, they should do for those? There is, there is a terrible myth. <laughs> and uh, I get a fair bit of hate mail over this from mm-hmm. Mac fans. This is Macs are virus proof. They are not. And follow all of the precautions that come with your Mac for, for security. Mm-hmm. And encrypt the disk wherever possible. There is a uh, fairly uh, famous hack that occurred uh, twice it, it occurred in someone's house and it occurred in a uh, in a casino that both places had elaborate fish tanks mm. with saltwater tropical reef fish those fish are very fragile and their environment has to be minutely temperature controlled salinity that's about all i know about fish (laughs) but those tanks were on a a, a wi-fi network so the the one guy the 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 one person who had their their fish tank at home uh instead of a screensaver of fish swimming back and forth he had his fish swimming back and forth mm. and he was able to monitor their health and welfare and whatever else it is that, that, that fish need. 
uh, the hackers entered through his fish tank hmm. and got into his Wi-Fi router. There is a uh, phrase which is becoming more and more common, and that's Internet of Things, mm -hmm. which is abbreviated as IoT. Those things are any device that has its own IP address. One of the most vulnerable um, is the video doorbell. Hmm. It's not secure at all. In fact, um, a very large company bought a video doorbell firm and found that their employees were watching out through the, the video doorbells. Oops. <laughs> uh, video doorbells are very risky because they exist as an IP address on the internet. That's how your smartphone gets a call when someone approaches your front door. Mm -hmm. There was recently uh, a massive robbery in a uh, wealthy neighborhood. The, the hackers got in through the garage door, which is just simply a set of numbers. And you can, can run through all the combinations and permutations of those numbers very quickly. So it was a, a combined electronic and physical attack. They made the garage door open. While many people put uh, expensive, complicated locks on their front doors, the door between the garage and the house is most likely unlocked and open so the 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 elaborate lock on the front door doesn't really do anything as long as you're able to come up with the multi-digit code and it's usually no more than four or five digits mm -hmm. um which which make the garage door open and then the house is yours so for families who have, maybe it's not a fish tank, but maybe it's some other internet of things device, uh, could be a lamp, could be um, a toy, um, any of those other things that are being internet connected, um, you know, TV, um, what, what kind of steps should people take to make sure that those um, internet of things devices are locked down properly? The, the popular phrase in the, the consumer world is smart home. That you have your your thermostat, your doorbell, your uh, coffee pot, even mm -hmm. your fish tank, your garage door, all running on the same security system, which shows up as IP addresses on the internet. Situations with smart homes need to be very careful for those folks uh, that, that want to automate absolutely everything 
I, I recommend they have uh, a firewall, hardware firewall installed by a professional to cover all those different devices. Mm-hmm. Is there an advantage to putting those devices on a guest network um, if, a, if a wireless router supports that or, or a secondary network to kind of keep it separate from the, the main devices of the family? Yes. Network segmentation is another way that that once you're past the ISP and you start segmenting your network by different firewalls and different Wi-Fi routers, that becomes more secure yet. But uh, as as you've gathered, security and price are directly related. Mm-hmm. The more secure, the more expensive it's going to be. Anyone who goes and buys a video doorbell, uh, hooks it up to their smartphone, that's an internet, that's a not just an internet connection, it's a persistent mm-hmm. internet connection has created a much larger vulnerability than not having the video doorbell at all. So how about mobile devices? more and more families have an increasing number of mobile devices as kids get devices at younger and younger ages. People sometimes have multiple devices for work, for home. Um, Let's talk about Android devices and then Apple devices. Um, So how about Android um, phones, tablets? Uh, What steps should those uh, owners of those Android devices take? Well, the, the advice is really for both Android tablets and, and Apple devices, that if the device offers full disk encryption, use it. Mm-hmm. You pay a very small price in speed. But if you can, totally encrypt your device. Mm-hmm. That's one of the easiest ways in uh, that's how address books get get pirated mm-hmm. and then you start getting email addresses from your friend saying I was vacationing in Kenya and someone stole my wallet I trust you could you please wire me money uh, and those are, are, are very very common and the other is when you have your, your, your smartphone, and I have one right here, when I'm not in my house or my office, it's taking internet service uh, from the cellular provider mm-hmm. to save cellular time when I walk in to my house or my office it takes uh, internet service from your your Wi-Fi mm-hmm. 
and streaming movies is very popular. Um, I have a television uh, which is capable of uh, Netflix and YouTube and, and all kinds of things. I have a separate firewall just for the television. And unfortunately, security, again, becomes a function of expense and skill. <laughs> a, and, and I recommend to anyone that gets uh, a hardware-based firewall, have a professional install it. Don't try and install it yourself. A poorly installed firewall is worse than no firewall at all. Other than having a, a smart TV behind a firewall, um, any other recommendations for um, locking down a, a smart TV, either related to security or privacy? Privacy is a very difficult issue. But um, let, me, let me address security first. Security is a function of how many safeguards, like firewalls, encryption, uh, complex passphrases that, that you want to take. Privacy is a very difficult issue because if I were to ask a room of 500 people who here values their privacy, all the hands are going to go up. Mm -hmm. And then I ask, how many of you freely give your privacy away? Uh, then the room gets nervous. <laughs> because when you get an app for your smartphone, how many people actually read the fine print. Mm -hmm. Nobody. Sure. Check. I understand the terms and conditions. Give me the thing. Well, a lot of apps are free for, for mobile devices. Why would they be free? What does the, the author get out of it? Well, what they get is all your data. They're stealing everything they can. Uh, there are programs on, on mobile devices that will show you which apps are talking to the internet and which apps uh, have access to your, your address book, your photos, your music, your whatever. Uh, there are software firewalls for mobile devices. For example, my phone came with NFL football something or another. I, I don't use it, but I found that NFL something or other has access to my, full access to my address book, to my, uh, to my phone numbers, to my photos. Well, through the, the software-based firewall, I just say, no, sorry, you can't do that. 
just the the simple act of installing if you go to uh anyone's app store whether it's android or or google or whoever uh and search on flashlight there are loads of choices for flashlight all the flashlight does is turn the camera strobe on except you may want to look at what permissions that flashlight requires it does not need to talk to the internet because it's a flashlight mm-hmm. it doesn't need regular updates but you will find that most flashlight programs have access to your phone book your address book your photos all of that stuff goes to the developer of the app who turns around and and sells data downstream mm-hmm. how about uh video game consoles whether those are boxes at home connected to the tv or mobile video game systems any steps that people should take to secure those same precautions mm-hmm. same 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 absolute precautions okay um facebook which is one of my favorite frequent targets <laughs> uh along with a lot of other people in my profession um nobody reads the terms and conditions for facebook or 2% give me that thing just because i'm not your facebook friend does not mean i can't look at all your photos and read all your posts it's really quite easy and those photos are often stolen there was a uh a recent criminal case where someone went hopping through people's facebook accounts and they found pictures of young children in swimwear at the pool at the beach you know here's little johnny isn't that nice that's great unless you aggregate them and when you aggregate put all those images together and create a page site uh you've got a problem yeah and, and that kind of goes into the uh the question of what parents should do to protect their kids online or or even help their kids protect themselves online what advice would you give to parents in that respect uh i used to tell parents i used to tell anyone never carry family photos in your wallet because if you lose your wallet you're going to lose your driver's license most likely from your driver's license they know your name they know your date of birth they know your address and if there are family photos it's it's a double bonus hmm. now they know what your family looks like i don't recommend it and i do recommend that for um uh, social media which is a com- 
social media, we, we could, we could talk about social media for hours, mm -hmm. but I absolutely recommend that every social media user, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or, or whatever the rest of them, Snapchat, whatever the rest of them are, read the fine print on the contract, find out what the security settings are and turn them up, turn them on. Most people don't turn them on, but turn them, uh, turn them on and turn them higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So look at what, what uh, options are available. Take advantage of what is already built into the apps. Uh, very often. And uh, I am not very good at celebrities. That's, I'm just not good at it. I don't know. <laughs> but when you find a well-known person who goes, oh my, my nude pictures are on the internet. They have no one to blame but themselves. One, for taking the pictures on a mobile device that's connected to the internet. And two, for not having any type of appropriate security settings. So I have, I have very little sympathy there. One uh, category of device that has really boomed over the last few years is smart speakers. So you have devices from Amazon and Google and Apple, um, you know, things like the Alexa devices that are sitting in homes and they're waiting for people to uh, speak commands uh, to them. Uh, do you have any advice for how to secure those devices or precautions to take with those? Uh, they can't be secure. <laughs> I would not take one if they gave it to me for free and paid me $1,000 a month. Uh, there was a very recent article of someone who made the request of Amazon under, under um, a number of privacy acts saying, what is it you know about me? And Amazon knew everything you asked Alexa to do. They, they, um, they knew what Alexa had access to. It, it looks very cool on, on TV, Alexa, start my car. Uh, very, very dangerous, very easy way to lose your car. Um, those devices, um, it, it, those devices are really buyer beware. Understand it's recording uh, Google Home was recently slammed that it was recording everything around it even when you weren't talking to it. And if you read the fine print that comes with these devices, once your information, data, anything enters the device, it becomes the property of the device provider. They parse that stuff and sell it downstream.
one of uh, a, a very enlightening web search is just type into a search window, what does Google know about me? <laughs> and the results can be frightening. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting in the last couple of years since the uh, GDPR legislation has taken effect. And a lot of companies uh, have taken steps to make that data available to consumers upon request. Um, and people who have taken them up on that uh, and, and request their information and then show how much is available. Uh, and, and yet it's been very eye-opening for a lot of people to see, um, you know, and that's just the data that, that is then made available to those who request it. Well, uh, GDPR applies general, uh, GDPR is general data protection rule. Mm -hmm. It applies only to the European kingdom. Uh, the, yeah, I'm sorry, pardon me, the European community not kingdom, uh, the European community. California has just enacted their own privacy law, CCPA, mm -hmm. California Consumer Privacy Act. New York State is developing their own privacy act. NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technologies, which is part of the U.S. Department of Commerce, is developing privacy guidelines. The and and I it, it it's worth repeating everybody wants privacy, but everybody also wants convenience. <laughs> I had a a sales person talk to me about what a frictionless sales environment is. Mm. And the, the ultimate frictionless sales environment is that whatever device knows you like a particular brand of running shoe in a size 10 and a half. And you've got your mobile device and you're driving well, the mobile device has a GPS in it. So you will get an ad over your mobile device saying uh, that thus and such store is having a sale on your brand of running shoes, size 10 and a half, and it's only three kilometers away. Well, hmm. uh, every time you order from a website, from uh, a catalog, there is a tiny little box, and they do their best to hide it, that says, check this if you want to receive offers from us and our partners. It's pre-checked. You have to go and uncheck it if you don't want that. And the, the ultimate frictionless sales environment is your credit card is on file, your preferences are on file, and stuff just starts showing up in the mail that, that the vendor thinks you want, and it's your responsibility to return it and make sure you're credited. Mm -hmm. 
how do you recommend that people stay informed about cybersecurity issues and, and digital privacy issues? Are there any particular sources that you recommend that people follow? Um, there, there, there are some uh, publications that that are 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 very good, but they tend to be rather technical. Hmm. SC Sierra Charlie SC Magazine is uh, a noted source, but paying attention to just the news, the media around you is a good idea. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do not. Mm-hmm. So the, the only way to keep track of new developments in the security field are um, if you really want to. You have to make the conscious effort that I'm going to do this. Uh, if you go into any search agent, search engine, and type in how to protect video doorbell, all kinds of things, thousands and thousands of hits will come up. Not all of them are correct. <laughs> my, my, my best advice has always been be very aware of what technology you're using, how it's connected, how it's secured, and please do read the fine print before you agree to anything. So when you agree, you sign a contract. Yeah, so a lot of it comes down to due diligence, just taking the time to be aware, do the research, know what you're getting into. Awareness is key. Read all of the fine print. Find out what all of the options are for security settings on whatever device. Do you have any other warnings or advice or encouragement that you'd like to share before we conclude? Um, really one very low tech, one very low tech idea. Okay. And that is everyone should own a paper shredder. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They are very inexpensive and, uh, you want a cross cut shredder Mm -hmm. and they're available all kinds of places. Uh, I, I saw one for sale in a, in in a drugstore. Uh, when you get bills in the mail, if you don't file them and don't need them, shred them. Mm-hmm. Uh, dumpster diving is an Olympic sport for <laughs> an awful lot of people. Sure. You throw it away, you've lost your rights to it. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Thank you. Yeah. Now, for people who want to learn more about you, uh, where can they find you online? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I am the only Curtis Levinson on LinkedIn. Ah. 
Uh, or you can search my name on Google. All right. I'll include, uh, I'll include links uh, to your uh, LinkedIn profile um, as well in the blog post that goes along with this interview. So I've been joined today by Dr. Curtis Levinson, Chief Information Security Officer of Mettel Inc. Dr. Levinson, thank you for sharing your knowledge with us today. My pleasure to be here. Thank you. And I'm Chad Warner of Defending Digital, teaching you to defend your digital life. I hope you learned a few ways to improve the security and privacy of your home network and devices in the interview. So what should you do? One, if you have a wireless router from your ISP that you're not able to configure, consider buying your own wireless router that you can configure to be more secure. Some brands to consider, Netgear, Linksys, and Belkin. Two, on your router and any Wi-Fi hotspots, disable the broadcasting of the SSID or network name, or change the network name to something that doesn't identify you. Three, secure your Wi-Fi with WPA2 or WPA3 with a strong password. Four, encrypt mobile devices and computers. Five, pay attention to the permissions that apps request. Six, don't overshare on social media. Seven, configure security and privacy settings on social media. Eight, before buying a smart speaker, research their privacy issues. And nine, before installing an app, signing up for a service, or buying advice, read the terms and conditions and privacy policy or at least see what others have said about the fine print. You can find links to several of the items mentioned in the blog post that goes along with this episode at defendingdigital.com. You can also learn more about internet safety and security in the Defending Digital Facebook group. Just search in Facebook groups for Defending Digital. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I would very much appreciate it if you would leave a rating or review in whatever app or site you're using to listen to the podcast. Thank you.